OK, Moncon McGann has uh, popped in, as always, uh, at this time to uh, to talk travel and holidays. How's it going, Moncon? Very good. Where are we off to today? We're off to Clare. We're off to the Burren, which I think maybe about a year and a quarter ago, I, I, so we talked about half of the Burren, I think the northern part of Burren when we were looking at Convar and things. But things have transformed. Like So basically, you remember Ireland wasn't important for its... It wasn't known for its gourmet cuisine. You yeah. know? And sort of a few people, maybe about 20, 30 years ago, some English and Germans came into West Cork and started getting us involved in our local food. And now, I mean, they did a huge thing. and the, the sort of West Cork informed the rest of us. But now it seems to be Western County Clare is like taking leaps and, and bounds in creating a new indigenous food for us. And what's amazing, all these small... Um, sort of community-driven tourist enterprises around the burn have decided that they're going to take that sacrifice. They're going to focus on Irish food no matter what the expense. It might be more expensive than, you know, than going to the catering thing. But there's a, a network of them have come together and they've just been recognised by Europe. So there's a thing called the Eden Award, the European Destinations of Excellence. And the burn have got it for... Uh, tourism and local gastronomy. Like, and that's why it's so funny. Gastronomy in Ireland, but it actually makes sense. So as we know, the Burren, this area, this sort of the remains of 350 million years of laying down limestone, this karst limestone uh, sort of landscape, which is incredibly rare around the world. You know, mm-hmm. in, uh, we, the, you know when you go to, Czech, to, the Czechoslov- to the Czech Republic, you go and see this area. When you go to China, they're incredibly proud of their limestone caves. But we have this area... Now, the beauty of it is there wasn't much grass grown over it. So all the old Neolithic monastery, uh, sort of monuments still survive and all the old early Christian monuments. So you've got this archaeologically saturated land mm-hmm. that hasn't been able to develop because there wasn't much soil, so the farmers didn't modernise. And they are now taking benefiting from this by, by amazing um, tourist ventures. And so like a classic example is clearly, you know, the Cliffs of Moher was always, uh, you know, a huge tourist moment. It, like the Killarney Lakes, was something one went to. And it was sort of over-touristified. You know, the interpretive centre is sort of, it's a rather anodyne. It's a worthwhile way of seeing the Cliffs of Moher, but it's sort of anodyne. It caused a huge amount of controversy at the time. It did, yeah, it did. It seems a little ridiculous now when you look back at the controversy. Yeah, I mean, it's really successful, you know, and they do it well. They explain the limestone, they explain the cliffs, all the seabirds that are there. They manage to make it slightly safer, so, you know, there are less people going over the cliff than used to but what's happened is they've come up with a, a new different ways of experiencing those cliffs and clearly they are spectacular and Americans particularly love the idea of seeing soar, soaring Atl- uh, cliffs, Atlantic cliffs with the ocean sort of waves splattering against them but now the, the, the ferry companies that used to bring you out to Inishir out to the Aran Islands um, are now creating this sort of new form of um, of cruise, like so, they're still bringing you out to the Iron Islands. There's only the two main ferry companies now: O'Brien Lines and Doolan to Iron Ferries. They've been going for thirty years. You know, more modern boats now, but they have this way on the way out to Inishir. You can do an extra detour right under the cliffs. So you're getting right underneath the cliffs. You're looking at all these, particularly now at this time of the year, the puffins are coming back and the kittiwakes and the guillemots, all these nesting birds on the cliffs. So you know. That like under the cliffs of Moher, this new wave has been found, Aileen's wave that mm. the surfers, the international yeah. surfers are focused on. So basically, you're going in there, but in the crew in the, in a cruise ship, you can either opt to do a one hour cruise out of Doolin under the cliffs and back again, or do it on your hop when you're going to the Iron Islands. But there's you, there's a cave there which was known, which you saw in in Harry Potter, in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. You know, at one point, uh, Harry and Professor Dumbledore, Dumbledore need to find Voldemort keeps his soul inside this uh, hor- this Horcrux and it's at the back of the cave and so they actually use that 
uh, and, and they filmed that cave and they filmed this rock which is quite far away Lemon Rock in fact 100 kilometres south but then in the studio they recreated this and put and put Harry into it um, so it's sort of it's becoming a tourist area where it, where it wasn't. You used to just drive up on your in your coach to the interpretive centre. Now you can get under it. You can also walk the entire length of the cliff. And this would have been an impossibility because there's 39 farmers who own those fields. None of them wanted the trail on the on the top of the trek. But there was one farmer who's been there for five generations. His name is Pat Sweeney. Okay, and he decided one thing. Farmers were, were going out of business all around them. They were all retiring. He decided, I'm not going to leave this place. We've been here five generations. I'm going to make it work. So he still has his herd of 120 cattle, but as an extra way of adding money, he got all those 39 farmers to agree this trail. And every, every morning at 10 o'clock from, from March to October, he leads, he leads a, a trip. I mean, you can do that walk on your own anytime you want, but to do it with Pat, because not only will he tell you about every field, every sort of family that's there, all the architectural history, but he himself is these people that we're championing on this, on this sort of travel slot so often, these one single people who are deciding to, to make, a, to make a, an intimate, special, personalised uh, connection with a location through their own work. So this goes, goes from, what, Doolan to Liscanner? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's going to take about two and a half or three hours. It's like a six-kilometre walk. You, he, his wife runs a, a guest house, Doonagore Farmhouse. So if you stay there, you get to go there for free. But otherwise, I mean, it doesn't cost much to go uh, every morning, 10 o'clock, from outside Gus O'Connor's pub in Doolan, um, uh, so yeah, I mean the views there are spectacular on a good day, all the way up to Galway, down to to Kerry. So if you do, in fact, now the ferry companies have toured up with him, teamed up with him, and the interpretive centre. So you can do this three sixty view of of the cliffs. You can you know go under it in the boat, walk along it, and then learn about it in the interpretive centre. Okay. So yeah, it's a. Um it's a really rich area. I mean, you mentioned the limestone, but there's so much to see mm-hmm. other than that, isn't there? Yeah, I yeah. mean. Um, Geology-wise, it's a fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Area. I mean, so the th- you know the first school trip everyone takes was to the Alwy Caves. To and again, what's interesting about though the Alwy Caves and the Doolan Caves, Doolan Caves are less well known. I mean, the Alwy have been going for thirty years. Doolan Caves have the largest stalactite in the world, which that is that dripping thing that comes down from the top. Is that this coming one. down or, or going? It's up? the one hanging down from the top. Okay. And um, basically, that's one drip of water over thousands of years have created this uh, sort of vast 7.3 metre long, uh, 10 ton mighty thing. So you go under, you know, you put a hard helmet on and you go underground and you look at this, state, uh, you know, you're, you're looking in the cave. It's the same as the Alwy Caves, you know, the experience. But to do one or the other, Doolan have really, Doolan used to be sort of a cheesy. They used to be a sort of, you know, um, donkey carts and sandwiches to seaside resort. They've really upped their ante. So they've now... They're now ensuring that there's live, first-rate, classi- uh, traditional music, West Clare music, every night in one of the pubs. So either in McGann's, in Gus O'Connor's, or McDermott's. And by realising, OK, it's costing them money to have those musicians because they're paying them. In the old days, you know, you used to pay them with pints. And people can't drink that much anymore. People yeah. don't want it. People are not, aren't, aren't willing. So it's costing the pubs, but it's worth it because it's creating a vibe for, for Doolan, which, as I say, wasn't, you know, wasn't the coolest place um, uh, the, in the, the past. The Alwy Cave... Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it? and I mean they've expanded. So it used to be used to you know you used to go down uh, sort of sort of be 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 gobsmacked by the weird uh, limestone foundations and the the thunderous waterfall and the remains of a bear of one of the early bears that lived in in uh, he died inside the cave and his bones are still there. But they've expanded. They've now set up a bird of prey center, which is a full zoo. I mean these they 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 sort of. Um, 
recuperate birds, renovate any sick birds and also go out to the, um, the Himalayas and make sure that birds of prey and raptors are put back, endangered species are put back in those areas. So there they have the full collection of eagles and, and falcons and hawks and owls. But they also run this thing like a personalised hawk walk with a harrier hawk. A harrier hawk is the only totally social uh, bird of prey. So it is completely safe. Basically, you'll go out for about 45 minutes up into the limestone, up into the, up into the hills, through the hazel woodland, um, with a hawk sitting on your arm. And basically, you're, you're, you're engaging in falconry, this 4,000-year-old practice. It's a little bit expensive. It's like 70 euros. But this is your bird for 45 minutes. You're, you're sort of throwing meat, actually, you know, chickens uh, up into the air and the hawk is finding them, either catching them in the air uh, as it's soaring past and just to be walking along through the hazel wood with this falcon, you know, uh, with this sort of this um, harrier hawk racing up into the sea, up, up into the woods, then finding its way back to you and landing on your arm again. It's uh, it's an exhilarating yeah, experience. Sounds amazing. Sounds they really also, good. I mean, for cheap, but like for the basic ticket into the Yalwi Caves, you'll also get a ticket into into a bird of prey show, which is, you know, you just you watching sort of the, the, the falconer doing this instead. Okay, um, um, tell us about P- uh, Poole Nebron. Yeah, it's, so, you know, there's so many great dolmens in Ireland, but the one, the main tourist one was always Poole Nebron. And just because it's easy to get to, it's right in the, land, in the limestone uh, scenery. So as you said, what I'm saying about that, because there's not much soil on top of this old limestone pavement, you can see something. You can see the, the sort of monumental dolmen, this big sort of tomb, uh, standing out from from the from the scenery. There's always a lot of tourists there unless you're going to go early in the morning. But it's a spectacular, it's a really impressive site. Like 3,600 year old, years old. They, in, the, in, the, in about 1986, they did uh, sort of excavations on it and they found the remains of adults and the remains of children. So we know this was a ceremonial site, but really it just feels... So, I mean, we all know photos of, of dolmens, but if you want to see one which isn't in the middle of a field with cattle around it, which you feel, which looks like it's in this sacred monumental site, uh, Pullenbrough... Well, we're talking about, what, five and a half thousand years ago? Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah sacred things. Um, now, I imagine... This is prime hiking territory, is it? Yeah, yeah. Because there was a, uh, there's a tradition in the Burren called Winterage, okay, which is the opposite of transhumance. So this is still being done. Basically, the farmers will bring their cattle up to the highlands in winter and then down to the meadows in summertime, okay? So, you know, that all around the world when nomadic farming is practiced, normally you bring your cattle up in the summertime to graze and then bring them down in winter. But because the burn is so dry, because the, the stone, the limestone is so dry and it keeps the grass warm, they bring the cattle up. Now, to do this, they had to have old drover trails, old cattle trails, okay? Non, not roads, but these old cattle tracks. They've all remained. So now you have these, um, these network of greenways, which are basically sort of Neolithic cattle highways that, that they've, they, I mean, some of them got over, overrun with gorse and with, with thistles and, and, uh, and hazel, but they've now cleared those to create this whole trail. Some of the great, like tra- the, the, the tracks up Carron Mountain through the Keher Valley and around Blackhead coastline up towards Fenor are spectacular. So you can either do all those trails, they're really well signposted or there's, there's sort of guides you can get from the local tourist office. But now there's a whole network of people leading tours of different types. So there's one, like Una Dwyer has this wild kitchen where she'll just focus on foraged food. Um, so she'll bring you out. Okay, all the rays at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So is. But so she'll, she'll either bring you along the coastline and find you the things, which I'm, I'm constantly, when I'm, when I'm talking to George about Donegal or Sligo, there's all these people setting up these things. Um, 
so she'll like find this the 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 pepper dulsk, which is like this truffle, this new truffle of the sea, the sea spirulina. But it's really exciting for kids to go and you can see that you can eat watercress. That there's particular vetches, like little little uh, shamrock like things living yeah. in the grass that taste exactly like mange too. Or that she'll take a, a nettle leaf, bundle it up, and pop it in your mouth, and you should, it's just this explosion of flavour and not too. It kind of brings me back to my youth. We used to go out picking mushrooms yeah. in the fields. You see, stuff. exactly. And it's a thing that's lost, but the, thank God the people like that, so that's what, Wild Kitchen is her is her company. But then there's other people like doing the same from a spiritual perspective. So there's a company called Kushke Monoma. It's one bloke. It's Pius Murray. And basically... He brings you out for a walk along those same trails that I say are all over these, these greenways, but he'll focus on trying to get you to be aware of your surroundings, to quieten your mind, and he'll bring you through sort of four rituals based on fire, on water, on air, on the, on the traditional, the, 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 the four sacred elements, and then will lead you to a small sort of um, ceremonial sacred dance at the end. It's, it's a lot like what, you know, Anam Kara, the book by John O'Donoghue, who, who was from the burn, who was re-bringing this back idea, trying to find a connection with our Celtic spirituality. Anam is soul. Exactly, it? exactly. Know, exactly. Yeah. 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 So Kushke Amonimus. So I'm just looking at encourage to breathe, observe, listen, touch, be silent, reflect, quieten your mind. Sounds like a great place to bring the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some just people are going to hate that. Yeah, some people are going to hate that, but it's a, it's a lovely, it, all we need is a few individuals taking on these things and offering tours. And again, he offers private tours, but again, but every day in the summertime, so every Wednesday at half 10, he's got a walk le- leaving for about, from Dyser to T from Corifuin. Uh, also in the summer, he's got another one from from, oh, he's got this lovely lunch connected up with Kilsheny House for about 20 euros or a breakfast. So you'll do the walk and you'll end up in this one of these places. And the food you're going to be eat, it's either going to be the smoked salmon and mackerel from the Burns Smokehouse. It's going to be the local sort of, uh, Corafin has a wild free range pork that's grow, growing there. It's going to be the she, self, shellfish and the lobster from um, Linan's lobster farm and the and the, the sort of shellfishery beside it. So they're all focused on the local foods of the area. And you can... Um you can finish off with some nice ice cream as well. Oh, yeah. So, Linala ice cream. Again, just like if I'm saying your man, um, Pat Sweeney, who set up the walk in, in Doolan, was impressive. The Fahis have been farming for about 160 years in the Flaggy Shore. You know, the Flaggy Shore was just beside where Yates and Lady Gregory had their house and where Seamus Heaney wrote his beautiful poem about this gorgeous area between Ballyvaughan and Kinvara. These people were farming there, a herd of Frisian cattle for 160 years, and then they were told by the government, you have to expand. But all around them is the sea. There was nowhere to expand. So they decided to use their Frisian milk to start making ice cream, which a lot of people are doing, but what's special about the about Breed Fahi is she sends her kids up into the mountains, up into the burn, to collect hazelnuts. Okay? Every time they come back with a few kilos of hazelnuts, she gives them a scoop of ice cream. So they go off and the more hazelnuts. Again, she sends other kids to gorse flowers and she's making ice cream, which she's selling in the cafe in her farm um, of, of gorse ice cream, hazelnut ice cream and, and the traditional chocolate and vanilla because you need those too. But what's lovely is they're, they're realising what is unique around, about what's around them um, and, and selling that. And she'll do farm walks where she'll show you basically the way that they've been farming for all this time and the old shellfish uh, farming that used to happen in the 18th century. All of these food producers, though, have now teamed up and they're doing something called the Burren Food Trail Mondays. So they know that it's easy to get people on Friday and Saturday to stay and they might stay half day Sunday, then they head back to the city. So they're trying to engage them. So they're all putting on either free or sort of very low low priced um, 
dues on, on the Monday. So they'll either build a full of fia, you know, which was the old way that the Finn McCool used to, used to cook meat by heating stones and dropping them to water. So they'll recreate one of those or they'll do a visit to, they'll do this lovely kayaking trip out to actually to Linala's ice cream place or they'll do another uh, guided stroll through the Rathborny Valley and then with the afternoon tea and burn food and wine, which is a sort of a, a delicatessen. Um, again, selling all this great local food uh, and, a, and a range of wine. Um, or one of the nice things, Stonecutter's Kitchen, which is just up from the Cliffs of Moher, is going to will will get a and already has an organic pig fattened on being fattened on local barley, and they'll they'll cook that over a spit. So it's just all of these people trying to get together. Uh, your one Una Una uh, Dwyer of of um, of the Wild Kitchen is going to recreate. Is going to cook a load of mackerel in seaweed oh, on the beach uh, in well, Range Beach. Um, t- the Wild Honey Inn. Have you, you haven't mentioned that yet? Have you? No, no. Wild Honey is great. So it is the only sort of pub or bar bar area that has got a Michelin bib um, star which is so you know the Michelin stars are for the high end white linen yeah. restaurant the bib is for a gourmet gourmet eating it's normally in an elegant restaurant what's nice about about, um, about the Wild Honey it's it's a it's a 160 year old rest, uh, hotel guest house in the centre of um, Listoon Varna uh, doing amazing food right across the road from the Burren Smokehouse and from this the roadside tavern which George and I uh, touched on when we were looking at this buoy beer tour of Ireland it's his family Peter Curtin who for the last 113 years his family has had this pub um, in, in, in Listoon Varna and then he starts brewing beer a microbrewery in the bedroom above the bar which was where he was born so in 2011 he sets up this it becomes the Burren Brewery and he's got three types of beer um going on but at the moment net for the next month burn in bloom is going on so you know the main thing about the burn because of this limestone you've got all this rare mediterranean and alpine flowers that don't grow anywhere else in northern europe okay so that's why that's why sort of botanists will come and that encourages birds so that's why bird people will come so burn in bloom is basically ever happens every may so in this month when the whole um, landscape explodes into life the end of april the whole of may um, they have this network of talks, this network of walking trails, and one of them connected up with the um, with the Wild Honey Inn. Uh, Kirby, uh, the one of the the man who wrote the book, the Walks in the Burren. Um, what's his name? J- J- James Kirby? No, I can't remember. Um, he's got this whole uh, Tony, Tony Kirby. Kirby. Tony, Tony Kirby. Kirby yeah. yeah, exactly. He's he's leading a range of walks where people either eat or they stay in the Wild Honey, and then he'll he'll lead you into into uh, uh, walks out into the out into the wildness of the area. That's Fantastic. Ah, oh, there's so much. So this is what every community could be doing, do you know? And what I love is if they're getting an Eden Award, if Europe is saying this, they're recognising there's an awful lot of selfless work to try and get these sort of things organised. Uh, the other thing you need to do, again, every uh, at the weekend, every morning, there's a long cycle ride and a breakfast run in Ballyvohan. Uh, it's connected again with that place I said, Burn Food and Wine, which is really worth doing. It's a tough, it's a tough cycle up and down the hills, down through all sorts of different wedge tombs and poor... Um, portal tombs and around the stone forts and you end up for breakfast starts at 7.30 in the morning an amazing way to start the day Okay, it sounds like it's not just Lee McCarthy that's going, going to be going to Clare uh, this year it sounds brilliant uh, Moncal McGann as ever uh, thanks indeed Thank you. for your time uh, back in a moment